0: What's up? What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast. I'm excited to join me today because we have a very special guest today. We are so lucky and privileged to have Andy Biding with us. He is a leader in business development and marketing. His business development strategies have served both himself and his clients exceedingly well. Andy's thought leadership journey started when he published his first business book, way back in 2007, and started publishing his first magazines in 2009. Since that time, he has leveraged an integrated approach to print digital and interactive media strategies to establish himself as a thought leader in business development and brand positioning. We are so lucky to have him here today to share with us his wisdom and knowledge from his journey. Let's cue the intro, and we'll jump right in. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Andy, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's great to have you here. I'm excited to be here, Michael. Really looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, I can't let you get away without telling us your backstory. I love it. Love to hear about how you got here doing what you're doing now, serving the people that you're serving there is always a crazy winding road, and I am never, ever disappointed. So when I get a chance, I love to hear how you got here. So let's start from the beginning. Give us the journey.
1: All right. Well, um, I will say that – so I grew up in family business myself, and uh, out of college, at of university, I went in, and I started working for my father, took the business over, and we grew it uh, – we actually – yeah, we grew it about uh, six fold in about 10 years and personally i always loved marketing i loved marketing right from the early days and i loved especially interactive marketing like direct with the consumer we were in the retail business and i had i started a a printed newsletter in 1992 when i first entered into the business wow dating myself a little bit there um <laughs> but you know, it, and people would fill out forms by hand and I would manually enter them into a Microsoft d base program, oh I don't know that program, yes. a database program so that I could pull and print mailing labels and uh, talk to our customers directly every quarter. And so I always loved marketing. And then, you know, as the business went on and evolved and then social media came, well, then you know there's blogs, there's social media, there's all this stuff that came into play. And when I exited the family business in 2010, I was thinking, okay, what's the next chapter of my life going to be? Again, always loved marketing, and um, it was interesting when when I when we were in that business. I started that newsletter in the early 90s, and you know, at one point we were four times a year we're sending out 30,000 newsletters to our customers. It was. Pricey, it was it was an investment, but it was the sure. absolute best marketing we did. I was at a conclave or a business conclave in Boston, and a mentor and teacher of mine, Vern Harris, she said, "You know, you need to own the ink in your industry. Whatever your customers are reading, have it come from you." This was in the early two thousands. So I took that concept back, and long story short, we turned our newsletter into a actual full blown full color you know we went from an eight page newsletter to a 32 page magazine wow. and we were publishing four times a year our suppliers were helping us sponsor it to help cover some of the cost and anyway in 2010 when i was reinventing myself i actually took that magazine concept and we started this company tool of media group and we did customized magazines cool. for garden centers for furniture stores We went into the business route. Did it for insurance agencies, law offices, manufacturers, healthcare providers, all these different businesses. And with this customized magazine concept, and we got really good at creating good content for the magazines. And then that eventually evolved. uh, Well, it didn't take long uh, to evolve where we're creating. You know, get we we became really good at the. Tool media team became really good at doing competitive analysis so that we can do keyword strategies and creating content that would perform on blogs. And then the digital side just took off where we're now doing, you know, just as much digital as we are with customized magazines, but customized magazines are still a big thing. Wow. So it's been a, it's been an interesting journey and that's where we are today.
0: Holy cow. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, the fact that you've been involved in that space in printed media, you know, I I just kind of want to point out to the audience. Now we're, we're, you know, knee deep, maybe head deep in the digital marketing area. And I think a lot of people think that printing is gone and it is so not gone. It is so valuable and there are so many cool things you can do with it and so it's always a pleasure to meet somebody that that gets it and that has been in it uh but talk a little bit about that element i mean the this idea that everything has to be digital i i i mean me personally i still am sort of a nerd and and take all of the stuff that's sent to me in the in my mailbox that's printed and i'm like oh check this out oh look at this
1: yeah (laughs) talk to
0: me a little bit about that side of it
1: Sure. So when we started, especially when we were just doing the mag- the customized magazines, um, it, w- it, w- it was interesting. We actually, at one point, we hired, you know, Tulip Media hired a research firm to do, you know, to do some research. I mean, long story short, there was a number of findings, but um, print media had a a printed magazine had a shelf life of 26 days. A printed newsletter was seven days, but a digital piece of content was in the moment was immediate you either consumed it right there and then or you did not consume it yeah how how many times you go back to an article on linkedin you either consume it in the moment or nine 99 times out of 100 it's not consumed right um so that was interesting and also it was um i I think it was 2018 something like that deloitte uh published a study and this the, the, the title of the study is that. Digital is growing, but print is not dead. And in there, depending on the type of genre of content you're putting out. So for instance, if it's business content, even if I email you an article, 86% of the time, if I email someone an article, they will print it out and then read it. Really? Isn't that interesting, eh? Wow. So print has a lot more value. So I mean, this is one of our own, uh, our own magazine. So we publish our own magazine. But when you mail somebody something, whether it's a newsletter or a magazine or a brochure or whatever, it shows that you're valuing that relationship. The content is more apt to be consumed because it'll stick around. Somebody will take this home and it'll lie around their coffee table for a week or more or, you know, a lot longer. It'll be read by more than one person. And it just solidifies that relationship because it's so much more valuable than digital. So it, it, it has so many benefits. And um, one one thing I always say when I keynote, keynote in front of groups, I said, your most uncluttered inbox that you own is your mailbox. Think about it, right? How many emails... Junk emails, like unless there's there's like two or three newsletters that I subscribe to that I really like, every other one I imme- immediately actually goes into an unsubscribe folder and they all get deleted. I actually never look at them. I keep the the two or th- the the two three you know two or three that I want to read on a regular basis. I have them come into my inbox, but the rest of them I don't even you know I've automated the process of ignoring them.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. If
1: somebody sends me something, I'm going to at least touch it, feel it. And I'm going to make a decision in that moment, but at least it's being delivered to me. Right. Which is interesting. Right. And even like a good friend and uh, a, a, a marketing guru, like Joe Polish, he says all the time, he said, we're going back to print. We're doing, we're getting more results from our direct mail than all the digital that we've been doing over the last, you know, number of decades
0: yeah no doubt yeah wow i mean and and i think there's just so much to the to the kinesthetic side of it that you mentioned it's so valuable and i think also the intrinsic value that comes from having something tangible yeah is just amazing and and i think i think with all of the social media, with all that content. That is, that's such a great point. You know, you, you said you made uh, an exit in 2010 from your family business. Was that a natural exit or was it like, okay, I got to get out and do this on my own?
1: It was a little bit of both, but it was a natural exit. Um, But it was, uh, it was interesting because I was also coming to the realization that, although I love the people in the, in the business, in the industry, um, you know, like the, the way I put it to one of my mentors and actually, he's the one who pointed out, he said, you got into this business cause your dad was in the business. It wasn't one that I chose and created and launched and so on. So I thought, you know what, you're absolutely, you're actually right. And I was growing frustrated and I was, I was enjoying the the industry, but it was not my passion. And I thought, you know, If I could create a company, you know, if I could create a company by design that did everything that I wanted it to, like, what would that look like? You know, know, one of my first things was, well, it's going to be somewhere in marketing because I love marketing. I find if you get marketing right, sales is almost a non-issue because, you know, I think it's Dan Dan Kennedy that says, you know, uh, any problem can be solved with the right sales letter. You get right. the messaging right. Sales is actually quite easy. So I love marketing. And when I formed Tula Media, it was kind of an extension of everything that I really enjoyed. And I, it was because it was interesting. I So we were in the retail home and garden business. And I thought this could be a really interesting business because we were publishing our own magazines for a few years at this point it was getting a lot of actually national attention because we were doing something that most retailers don't do. Right. You know, people don't publish their own magazine unless you're Costco <laughs> or Home Depot. Right. Right. And, but we were doing it with just a few locations. And um, I had a number of people, number of garden center operators said, you know, could you do something like that for me? Like, and, and, and in my mind, I kept saying no, no, no. Cause it was just it was too distracting. Right. But when I decided, you know what, I'm going to go out on my own and do something that I want to do, and I brought this idea. And I thought this could be interesting, so I brought this idea to a meeting where there's a bunch of garden centers, and I presented the concept. And I thought, you oh, know, you know, if I get six people on board, that's a, you know, six people out of twenty in the room, that's a really good indicator that, you know, I've got something here that people have may value. Anyway, I presented and I walked out with twelve purchase orders, twelve oh out of twenty people that I presented to, all wow. in one shot. And I thought, wow, this could be a whole business, <laughs> right? Right. So we 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 started it. We launched Tula Media. You know, started out of the basement of my house with a con a couple of contract. Well, actually, I outsourced everything, and then I started hiring people, and then it, it's just grown and grown and grown. And um and we've got uh we've got a I uh, really I call it a, it's a small but hugely mighty team because we <laughs> we do work still work with a lot of contractors but on, on different activities. but anything that's client facing, client partner facing, it's one of our team you know, team members and the tulip team is uh, you know it's full of really smart people. That was one of the things that if I created a company by design, it was going to be filled with really smart people that are self-motivated that will get stuff done and just push each other and challenge each other to greatness.
0: And that's what we've done. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, the, the idea of a customized magazine, you know, you said it perfectly earlier and, and I love it when it's those mentor moments where somebody says something and you're like, Oh my gosh. So the thing that stuck out to me was you need to own ink in your industry And, and what a cool phrase, like that just, that, that instantly is stuck in my head and I, I, my brain is going wild with it right now. So I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of a customized magazine, because I think when most people, I'll raise my hand, think of a magazine, you're like, oh, that's for like those big publishing companies. And that's for, you know, that's not for me and my business. So holy cow, like. You're 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 messing up my paradigm, so you got to <laughs> help me here.
1: Well, you know, it, it, at the time, like I said, we we were doing newsletters, so you can picture like we were doing four eight pages, uh, two color newsletters, right? You can picture those. You've gotten right. those from maybe it's a law firm or who knows a dental dent, your dental office. You've seen those, and that's not too outrageous to think of it's the same thing except for it's put on you know it's full color it's put on glossy paper right and and it's just more of it so instead of having an eight page two color newsletter which we did for like whatever it was 18 years or seven or 16 years i don't never never did the math to a 32 page full gloss magazine and when we were launching this because that mentor of mine was saying you you need to own the ink in your industry. You need to be the, the absolute, you know, the authority in your, in your industry. And I said, well, what does that look like for me? Cause I was still like, you know, I was trying to grasp what does this look like? Now this is in 2004, when I first had this conversation. So it was before social media and everything else, right? Blogs were just kind of, yeah, I think I know what a blog is, but you know, wasn't really a thing yet. Um, and he said, Andy, why don't you, you know, you're in retail home and garden space, why don't you write us a, a series of gardening books or or publish your own magazine? You just threw it out there. I thought, huh, you know, interesting idea. But later later that night, I, I was thinking more and more about it and thinking, you know, we do that newsletter. It's not that far-fetched to do a magazine instead. Right. And what was interesting is when we put it all together, yeah, the cost was three times higher. It was it was it was more expensive. But then one of the young ladies in our office said, you know, at, at that time, we were you know, re- selling a lot of Scott's fertilizer and Crocs, those shoes. You know, we had master dealers and those and doing different things. And she said, you know, I bet Scott's fertilizer, would we, we could use co-op ad dollars to advertise in our own magazine. That was a light bulb moment. So we went through and we actually approached Scott's Crocs. Um, you know, a bunch of different brands that we were selling a lot of their product. And uh, we actually put ads in our own magazine. And, and, and uh, at the end of the day, our net cost after the ads, the, the co-op ad dollars and actual some of the companies started buying ads in our magazine, uh, it, it, our, our overall net cost actually went down. Wow. So we went from 30,000 newsletters to 30,000 magazines printed and distributed through the postal system in people's mailboxes every quarter and our net costs went down. And that's when it was just, yeah, we just need to keep doing this and expand on that. (laughs) No doubt.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the next big, the next big thought process is that's really cool. Andy, you're saying to a magazine, you were already doing a newsletter. That sounds like a whole lot of writing and copywriting and finding people to put content and I got to like run my business. So (laughs) I have stuff to do. (laughs) I got stuff to do. Like, how am I going to do that? So what's the, what's the secret here?
1: So when we went to market and we said, we're going to get into this business, we quickly realized that, you know, we, 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 it took us a little while to develop our strategy, but we, it, it wasn't that long. We quickly realized the pillars that we need to lean on to, to grow this business and scale this business. And one, you know, we, we boil it down to our, we call it our three E's brand promise. We want to make it easy, effective, and enjoyable. Okay? So enjoyable, we have lots of fun with our client. With our, we call them client partners because we're in partnership with them. So we have a lot of fun with our client partners. We're sending gifts. If we hear about, um, oh, we just the other day, they said that they, that for two folks with one of our client partners at West, that they, we, we sent them a gift card to their favorite sushi restaurant that was around the corner that they were raving about on the last call. So we, we, we find ways to have fun with them. Um, the, the second one was make it effective. So we go through great lengths with the digital side of the business. We can measure that. We can and we what we sell there are actual qualified leads in your mailbox in your inbox or booked in your in your calendar so we have a program around that with the magazines we do it through surveys and through feedback but we want to make sure it's effective but the first one we want to make it easy because that's the biggest bottleneck you know putting together a 32 page page magazine that's a lot of stuff in there yeah well early on we took the approach that if we can logistically take it off your hands, we will. So, but understanding that when we're doing a magazine for a law firm or an insurance agency, let's say they're the expert on insurance. We're not, we can help guide them through keyword analysis to figure out what is it that people in your marketplace are searching for that will help guide the content, Like, don't write about, remember all all the rave, you know, going back six, eight years was cybersecurity insurance. Well, that's great because it was a relatively new product in the industry. However, even at the time, a lot of people were not searching, nor were they, through our analysis, it, it showed that they weren't as interested in cybersecurity insurance as the insurance agents were, right? However, I remember having a conversation, however... Do you know how many people are looking for contractor insurance? Do you know how many people are looking for landlord insurance? Do you know how many people are looking for professional services, you know, accountant insurance in your marketplace? It's a lot. Let's write articles about that. That's what people are looking for. So we help guide them with their, the content that is created. We always kick every production run off with a kickoff meeting where we do a flat plan, we lay out and we basically have a map of the magazine with the topics covered. Now here's the fun part saying, okay, so we're going to, you know, in this magazine, we're going to have eight articles in total, you know, some are one pages, some are two pages, some are four pages. We're going to have eight art- articles in total. Now uh, one of the things that we do is we work with, nationally known contributors to do licensed content. So we actually license content. Like if you're putting out a business magazine, we have content from Tom Peters, Pat Lencioni, um, Seth Godin. um, You know, there's so many thought leaders, Carol DeWick, all these, Brene Brown is a contributor. Uh, We have a goal to get Oprah as a contributor, has not been successful yet, but we're still working on it. Mm -hmm. But we get licensed content from them, who, you know, so we we can put some of that content. I remember one guy said, you can get Gary V, you can get very Gary Vandercheck in my magazine. Yeah, we've got a, we've got an, an, an agreement with his publisher. We can pull one of the articles in there. Or another guy, another client partner said, We want, we would love to have a Jamie Oliver recipe. Well, we made it happen. And we got actually a permanent relationship with Jamie Oliver's publisher for recipes that we can pull and put into our magazines, no cost to the client partner. So that builds some of the articles with some really like how cool is it if you're not only putting out your own magazine, but Gary Vaynerchuk is is a contributing author to your magazine. Right. That's pretty cool. So that helps. The other, let's say, five or six articles are industry specific. And we know that you're the expert in your industry. But to make it easy, what we'll do is we jump on a phone call or a Zoom call with one of our production managers and we'll interview you about carpentry insurance or contractor insurance. Okay, tell me about this. Tell me what what, what, if, what do people need to know about this? And what if they're looking at it this way? We have a conversation. It might be 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes tops. Uh, a lot of people do it on their drive into work. We then take that content and we give it to a ghostwriter. Chat GPT is not quite there yet because that's a new thing. It's not quite there yet. But right now, it, it has been for the last... 10 years, we hand that off to a ghostwriter, who will write an article on what's in your mind, what came out that we give them that recording. So it's all your information, writes the article. And then we have, uh, we have the article, we do the editing, the proofreading of that article with a separate uh, proofreader. It gets sent back to you so that you can edit that article because for myself, I've written three books now, published three books, written hundreds of articles. I'll let a secret out. I haven't written any of them, but I've edited every single one because they are my ideas. And sometimes the writer is a very talented writer. You know, if I had to sit down and write an article, it would take me three hours. It would be terrible. <laughs> Where if I can, what I do, To do my articles, I use my smartphone in a recording app and I'll literally I'll do paces around the boardroom table and uh, I kind of outline what I want to talk about. And I'll do paces around and a 10 minute recording does a thousand word article. My ghostwriter writes it. I review it. Make sure she hits the points that I want to hit. And then it goes back to a, uh, a proofreader again, laid out for design. It's edited and it's done. So we make it super easy to create the content. We come up with the plan together and then do those art interviews, have ghostwriters write the articles to make it simple. And then we take care of all the editing, proofreading, designing, all that stuff. And the other thing that we always encourage is that it doesn't matter what industry you're in, share the spotlight. You know, we'll work with the key person to map out the content. But then I would say 90% of the cases there's there's uh, there's no one person that has more than one article in the magazine. So have other people have, you know, be contributing, uh, contributing authors or contributing uh, art, you know, uh, yeah. Contributing experts in your magazine, have other staff members be contributing authors in your magazine and you'll share that spotlight, raise their, uh, you know, their visibility in the marketplace, you know establish them as experts as well as yourself
0: yeah this is incredible i i love the paradigm shift and i hope that our listeners right now are thinking to themselves holy cow i just never thought that was possible and you've you've mapped it out so beautifully today to to kind of show us that this is like totally within reach oh, and it's very doable And I love that. So, okay. So there's some people out there right now that are like, holy cow, this is amazing. I've got to do this. How is the best way for them to get in contact with you and to start to go down this path to check it out and to start to uh, maybe make this part of what they do?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, we always invite people to visit our website. Now we do have a, a landing page. So here's a special offer, offer for your listeners. We have a, a page on our website and they can reach it at tm.media forward slash double sales. Because it's aligned with uh, our, the book that we published, myself and my co-author, Jessica Embry, who works at Tulip Media Group. And um, in, in, the, uh, in the book, Double Sales, Zero Sales People, Uh, It's mostly around digital marketing. That book. We have another one around the print marketing called uh, "How to Win Clients and Influence People." (laughs) Um, But at that at that website that that page, if they go there, you can buy a copy of the book. You can do all kinds of stuff. But one of the cool things you can do, and this is a great offer, is for for your audience, is there's a calendly link there, and you can book uh, half hour if you want to just bounce ideas or get some advice, book a half an hour call in either my calendar or Jessica's ca- calendar. And um, we can always start there.
0: I love that. That's awesome. And what a cool opportunity guys. You need to own ink in your industry. I love that. That is own great in your industry. That's that right. own ink in your industry. This is so cool. And I, I mean, I just can't see why, you wouldn't want to do this and why you wouldn't want to get started. Guys, you got to check out Andy's stuff. Andy, leave us with some wise words before we head out.
1: Wise words. Well, <laughs> your introduction made me sound so much smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think no matter what. So one thing I always come back to that people will ask us what kind of a marketing strategy should we have? You know, we're in the... You know, we're in the insurance business or we're in the manufacturing business. What kind of a marketing strategy should we have? And to me, I always say the same thing is that what's your business strategy? Because a marketing strategy just supports your business strategy. So you've got first got to figure out where do you want to take your business? Be clear on that. Where do you want your business to be in three years time? Now, how can marketing, what what does that mean from a business development standpoint and how can marketing support that growth? So when you're thinking of marketing strategy, first think about where do I want to take my business and then back into the marketing strategy that will support that business growth. A lot of people, when they're just looking at their marketing process or tactics or strategy, They don't consider the bigger picture and start there. So important to do that. And then your marketing will actually have a chance of doing what you want it to do for your business. I love it. That would be my words of wisdom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, guys go check out tm.media slash double sales. Get, get those books. This is all amazing. And uh Go get connected with Andy and his team. They're going to help you out and really make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us today, Andy. This has been so much fun and uh, look forward to chatting again soon. Guys, until next time, don't forget, you got to keep working on your choreography and your business. We'll talk to you next time. See you on the next episode. Take care.